I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and it is day two of week two, Spring Football 2019. Uh, practice today started indoors and quickly moved outside to a little bit of the elements. We didn't get any rain, but temperature was probably in the high 40s, but the wind was definitely impacting not only on the football field, but all the observers as well. Couldn't bundle up enough. So, um, I mean, it was Husky football weather out there minus the rain. But another day where defense story of the day, Scott. Yeah, I thought the defense got the better of things. They had the, they only had one turnover, which was a good thing. Um, usually when you say the defense has a big day, it's not. It's usually multiple turnovers. I, I didn't. I didn't hear the turnover. I didn't hear the horns. So. It was a. It was a uh, strip on a on a crossing route that somebody stripped. The uh, I think it was Marquis Spiker. Okay, I was gonna say, I definitely strip. didn't see any. Uh, yeah. Didn't no interceptions today. No so. interceptions. No, um, and no near interceptions that I could see. So uh, good. Good on the quarterbacks for taking care of the ball a little bit, and and the offense taking care of the ball. Overall, though, defense definitely won the day, although the offense did make a f- few nice plays. We'll get into the quarterbacks a little bit later, but uh, you got a couple of redshirt freshman defensive linemen who were making it really difficult for the offense to operate. Yeah, I thought that especially, you know, Scott, you mentioned Monday how impressed you were with that nine-on-seven inside run drill mm-hmm. that they do. Um, that was one today where you look at Taki Taimani, Tuli, Latui Gasanoa, Messiah Nasili Liu, I thought all three of them really, really had some moments where they stood out. I know that uh, Taki really set the tone where he blew up Sean McGrew. Uh, that was a that was great, great play. moment. And, yeah, and to be honest yeah. with you, that really set the tone, not just for that particular drill, but it really they had just gotten outside, mm-hmm. really kind of set the tone for the rest of the, of the entire practice because the defense all of a sudden got really lively. They got chatty. You could hear them all practice when they were on the sidelines. When they were at the, during the team, all the guys on the sideline were going crazy when the defense would make a play. So I thought, uh, I thought his play was really – I don't know what you're going to say his play of the day, but to me that was the thing that really kind of set the tone outside. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the size of those guys, and they're built like – uh, not as tall as Vita Vea, but they've definitely got that, you know, fire hydrant, wide body build, you know, more like Elijah Qualls or Greg Gaines. But uh, those guys are wide bodies. And like I said, they just they just stuffed things up and they were getting penetration and they just made it really difficult. And like, you know, you said, you know, Taimani, you know, had a, a moment with Sean McGrew. Yeah. Hey, you know who I am? Yeah, he kind of... Th- he kind of hit him and threw him back. Yeah, he what he what happened was he knifed in on the play, and literally decleated him. I mean, it it was and the coaches want those guys not going to the ground, yeah, but that was happy. yeah he wasn't thrilled with that. But I think inside he was, he was probably smiling a little bit. So. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was a under unbelievable play. I thought Benning Potoai had a really nice one where he held the edge really good on two guys and got in and blew up a play as well. So uh, overall, that the the defense really had their way with the offense in that drill. This defense, and even though they've lost a lot, this defense looks really good. Yeah, it does. And um, let's get back to real quick. Let's talk about uh, the other two uh, redshirt freshmen. So we talked about Taimani's big play. Mosiah, I think, has been the most consistent of those three. He's had now three straight really good practices that we've seen. I don't know what happened on Saturday, um, but uh, you know he he has had three really good practices. And then Thule, he's not going to be a guy who's going to blow you away with what he's able to do getting after the quarterback cause I, or getting penetration because that isn't really his game. They're, they're using him in more of the Greg Gaines role 
where he's his job is going to be to take up blockers in there and cause some problems inside so teams aren't going to be able to run the ball and you could see the offense having some problems getting movement out of him as well so real quick oh go ahead Chris. I was just going to say good real, defense I was yeah. going to say real quick I agree that Tuli's maybe in the Greg Gaines well I see Taki and Mosiah being more in that Jalen Johnson, Levi mm-hmm. mold, because Taki definitely showed when he knifed through, he showed that, that explosiveness, that first step quickness to get through. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, I don't know if that's something that Thule is going to be really, really good at. But again, like you said, I think he's being asked to do maybe a little bit different in terms of holding the line and letting those guys go ahead and defeat guys one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got guys, you know, if they're going to run goal line defense, they've got some guys that can definitely play low, you know, with those guys. So um, everybody worried about getting those bodies up front, you know, those big wide bodies, they definitely got them. But you also had a chance to talk to uh, Bob Gregory and Kyler Manu. Talk a little bit about the linebackers, Chris. Well, the right now the, the inside guys, they lost four seniors last year. So they lost Ben Burkerv and Tevis Bartlett, and then they lost the two walk-ons. They lost uh, Matt Press and Jake Wamba. So, you know, they were they were also hit. I mean, the defensive line got hit. The secondary, we already know, all the guys that are going to be in the NFL. But, um, you know, so we talked about it, and you just, you know, it's, it's always next man up. It's always those guys. And But he does have some experience coming back. Even though DJ Beavers is not really doing anything on the field, he's still very much a part of the program and, and doing stuff off the field. And um, But Brandon Wellington and Kyler Manu right now are at the ones inside. They're backed up by uh, MJ Tafisi and Jackson Sermon. And then you're looking at Josh Calvert, the true freshman, playing with uh, Eddie Ulafoscio inside, who's also being asked to do a little bit outside. Him, uh, Ulafoscio, and then uh, Ariel Nada are the ones that are kind of being hybrid-y. They're kind of being inside and outside. So, you know, right now, I mean, those are the guys that are, that are being asked to play inside. And uh, those, those pairings, I think, have been pretty consistent throughout spring. I mean, we're in day five for the media, and uh, I haven't really Actually, seen a – day four for the media. No, it's day five. Okay. Well, day five, sorry, day five of spring ball, yeah. but day four for us. But it's what I'm saying is yeah, everything we've right. seen. It's it's those those lineups haven't changed. We all look at practice differently. We all focus on different guys, so we all see things through a little bit different lenses. But is Josh Calvert as good as I think he is? Because he he sure to me looks like he's going to play this year. Well, he he reminds me a little bit of what I thought of, of Jackson Sermon when I first saw Jackson play last year. I mean, he's got a bit of an edge to him. Uh, he's got that size. Um, so I kind of thought, I mean, if, if people want to go back and listen to what we were talking about last fall, I really thought Jackson Sermon had a chance to play. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But So I, I don't know if Josh Calvert is a guy that's going to play, but I think a lot of it depends on DJ Beavers. I think it just depends. I mean, it, it, we'll see what happens with the bodies, but they are they're having to groom him like he's the next man up. He just looks – I mean, a lot of the time you get the freshmen out there and they're running all over the place and not sure what they're doing. But he just looks like he's in the right place all the time, and he looks like a really – he just looks like a mature football player. Well, people have to remember when he was at Oaks Christian, he was there with, with guys that were higher profile guys like Charbonnet, the, the, the running back, Kayvon Thibodeau, the, the, the defensive end who's at Oregon. But he was the leader of that group. He was the quarterback. He was the guy that was asked to do uh, play both ways for Oaks Christian last year. So Played quarterback, yeah. yeah. And he understands the game. I mean, his, his brother's at UCLA. He's got a younger brother at, at Oaks Christian who looks like he's going to be a stud. So the, it runs in his family. I mean, he just understands football backwards and forwards, and it shows. You also had a chance to talk to Bob Gregory and Kyler Manu. Share a little bit about what you learned. I think you just asked me that, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. Uh, well, no, just, I mean, Kyler's a senior. I mean, and he's, he's being asked to be in that, in that front line because he's a senior. And, 
and his time is now. I mean, you've got all three of those guys. DJ Beavers isn't being played much, but you've got Wellington, you've got Manu that are being asked to be those number one guys to kind of lead the line, and he's not really a leader vocally uh, on the field he'll need to be, but he's more of a, a kind of a leader by example type. But he understands, and we're talking, Kim, we're talking about a guy that was here for spring ball as a true freshman. He, he, he's doing what Josh Calvert, or he did what Josh Calvert's doing now. He did, you know, uh, what some of these other guys have done now. So, um, you know, his time is now, and he understands it. And uh, I, th I think he's still a little odd at how quickly it's all gone. But um, he's, he seems ready for the challenge. He's up to 250 pounds. I was going to ask you about that. Did he mention that, what brought on that? Or was it natural or planned? Or did he give you any indication about that? Well, anytime you talk to the coaches, whether it's Chris Peterson or Bob Gregory or whoever, they're going to tell you is that they just want him playing as fast as possible and, and, and as big as possible. So if, they can, if, if he can get to 250 and still play as fast as he can possibly play, then that's, that's good. I mean, that's what they want him to be. They need him to be a sideline-to-sideline side guy. And they lost arguably one of the fastest linebackers they've ever had in a guy like Ben Burkirvin. And so they need, to, they need to have that speed element for sure. And I think that's part of what they see in guys like uh, Ariel Nada, for instance, in terms of him trying to get a little bit of inside work. I thought Ulufosio had a really good practice today. He timed a blitz one time really, really well and, and got in. The quarterback hadn't even gotten out of his uh, backpedal and uh, or not backpedal whatever you want to call it his his uh drop back and and uh got a sack so you know this this group while inexperienced relatively inexperienced i think is is just as talented if not more than what they lost and just real quick on Ulafosio, you know he had the two big plays you know the late in the season last year and most of us didn't even know who he was you know but we quickly began to see who he was but when we see him out there he's a kid that He's ripped. Uh -huh. I mean, this is a kid who's really well put together, and it kind of makes you wonder how a kid like that flew under the radar. Yeah, I, I, he had offers. He just didn't have the high-end offers, and I think he felt like he could, and he really liked the Washington coaching staff, and that's why he ended up walking on. But, yeah, he, I mean, he could have gone to FCS schools. But he, so. he passes look test. Yeah, Absolutely. he does. Well, I think it's his height. I, I think that's the biggest one thing. One thing that I noticed is that if you look, I mean, they're using him inside and outside. He's kind of a tweener physically, so I, I, I don't think maybe a lot of schools could – Maybe figure out or pigeonhole him where they figured he could play. So I think they're. I think that's what the Washington coaches are trying to do right now. But again, like you said, Kim, when he came onto the scene, special teams last year and forced those two fumbles back to back. That yeah, that's that's going to raise eyebrows right off the bat. So I think he's uh, he's done a lot in terms of continuing the play that he started to have last year. And just real interesting, you know, as well as the defense is playing right now, the secondary boy, it's just. Almost like musical chairs over there with Alex Cook being moved over, uh, Miles Bryant being moved back to safety, um, them trying to get guys in different positions. And, you know, we had a chance to talk to Jimmy Lake, Miles Bryant, and Alex Cook. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you learned from Jimmy Lake today, Chris. Well, just that, that it's, it's still, whether you're talking to Lake or uh, Gregory or Malloy or any of the defensive coaches, it's always next man up. And, um, you know, Jimmy talked about when, when, uh, Miles was a freshman. He played five games. I mean, he had to go in and play cornerback. And so it's, it's simply a matter of getting those guys in. He talked about Isaiah Gilchrist having to play some cornerback. He wants all of those guys to be able to play some corner, some safety, some nickel, 
that he wants them, even if it's not going to be their main role, he wants them to get a taste. So they're not out of they're not out of their depth, and he, and they can get thrown in if they need to. They've just got so many these young guys that they've got, and Julius Irvin, Kyler Gordon, and Dominique Campton are so talented. And then bringing in you know Trent McDuffie, you know Fabi uh, Campham as they like to call him. But how much of that and Cameron mo- Williams? Yeah, how much of this move for, of Miles Bryant to safety has to do with wanting to get those corners on the field? Well, first of all, I wouldn't characterize it as a move to safety. He's, he's playing some safety. I, I don't know if he's going to be a number one safety in the fall. He could be. It's certainly, if, you're, if, if the mandate of Jimmy Lake is to get the five best defensive backs that he has right now on the field, right. Who the, it, we, would be, your... it would be Miles Bryant and Brandon McKinney at safety. It would be Keith Taylor, Elijah Molden, and, and uh, Kyler Gordon probably as your corners or Dominique Campton. So he's got, he's got good problems to have. But I think, again, the idea is to get those guys ready to play in positions no matter where they're being asked to play because if a guy gets dinged up, like, you know, what happened to Jordan Miller back in the day or what happened to Byron Murphy, you know, those guys. I mean, you're going to have to have guys step up, and he needs to have guys ready. And of all those guys, maybe the high, most highly recruited, Julius Irvin, we just haven't seen a whole lot of Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, well, you know, I don't know. It's arguable that he was the most highly recruited because Kyler Gordon was certainly very highly recruited as well. Um you know, I I think that with Julius Irvin, I think he's just not 100% healthy yet. Yeah. And I think he's still kind of recovering from that. And I he wasn't dressed out fully. They're in, they were in full pads today. And he didn't have the leg stuff on, which kind of tells you that he's a little more limited than some of the other guys are out there. Yeah, he, he is wearing a yellow jersey when they do some team ball. Yeah. So he's out there performing, but he's definitely not in contact. And he's doing free safety work mainly. Yeah, uh, moving over to the offensive side of the ball, quarterbacks. I mean, everybody's wondering what's going on with the quarterbacks. I'm not quite sure we really know what's going on with the yeah. quarterbacks yet. The the best quarterback today by far was Jake Hayner. I thought he had a solid day. I thought he, he delivered the ball well. He made good reads, good decisions, quick decisions. Um, there were a couple where he held the ball a little longer than he needed to and took a quote-unquote sack. Um, you, know, um, you know, Chris <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. Um, you said that Jacob Sermon you thought was the second best quarterback, and I don't know if that's that's true or not. But um, he did have some kind of ugly throws, but he had some nice throws too down the field. Uh, Jacob Beeson had a couple nice ones too, but he really looked kind of off. And and Colson Yankoff, you know, he's just uh, they were trying to run a little bit more of that RPO, um, you know, motion stuff that he that he runs that he's probably going to run if he does get in the game. And I thought he just he struggled. I think he struggled finding guys open. I think maybe a couple of the receivers made some wrong moves, weren't where they were supposed to be or whatever, because some of these should have been relatively easy passes, and he threw them where nobody was, and so it was hard to tell if there was a mix-up on the receiver part or his part or what it was. Yankoff's throwing that Keith Price ball, too, with the nose of the football down. I don't know if you've picked that you, up. You say that a lot. I, well, I, I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, that. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Just, no, I'm just saying it looks similar. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, okay. threw, he throws, the, he throws you, that you, nose of the football something down. something you seem to get stuck on. I, and, well, now when I see it, yeah, because it looks okay. odd. It okay. looks odd to me. Okay, but. well, I haven't seen that aspect, but even if it is, I don't think that's what's impacting him. I, oh, no, I no, no. Yeah, uh-uh. I don't, yeah. I, I just I, – I don't know what it is. I don't know. The light has just got to come on for him, and I think that it's got to click. But the coaches will always say, when you get in there, regardless of who you're playing with, you need to make plays. And right now, he's not making those plays to make himself move up the chart to be able to play 
with the better players, you know, the more experienced players. And I'm wondering what it's going to take for that to happen. Is it just going to be him getting used to it? Or, you know, sometimes there's the rules that the, that the coaches lay down for the players and, hey, you're gonna, when you're doing this, you need to do this. And I don't think Colson's really ready to cut it loose yet, whereas maybe you've got a guy like Jacob Eason or Jake Hayner who have that gunslinger mentality a little bit more, and they're going to say, thanks for giving me your rules, but I'm going to go kind of like a Brett Favre where he's just going to go out and do what he does because that's what he does. And that's the mentality he plays with. And for a kid who should still be in high school, you know, I, I, I'm still being continued to be impressed by what Dylan Morris is doing. Yeah, yeah. He, made he, a, he threaded a couple balls in there today that showed off his arm strength. Yeah, he he looked okay today. You know, he had a couple that he didn't look okay, but that's what you expect from a guy who, like you said, is supposed to be still in high school right now. But uh, you know, I think Dylan is going to be that solid guy in the in the classroom this year and, and everything like that. My my. My interest level will really pick up next spring with him because if Jacob Eason's everything we all think he's going to be, he's probably only going to be here through this fall. So then you're talking Jake Hayner, if he's still around, because he might go for greener pastures. We don't know how that's all going to work out. Uh, but how, how Dylan Morris is able to battle for playing time with Jacob Sermon and Colson Yankoff and possibly Jake Hayner next year. And that's going to be really interesting. And then Sam Heward. You know, in in two years, so you know, and and Chase Garbers Ethan, or Ethan Garbers when he comes in. So, man, I mean, it's just it's a it's a tough problem to have, but it's still it's a good problem to have. The defensive lineman made it almost impossible for us to tell anything on any of the running backs. Today. Oh yeah, yeah. There were a couple good runs, but for the most part, yeah, it was just it, was, it was hard. It was real tough on the offense today. Yeah, I mean, they'd get the ball and go into the line, and the whistle would blow. I mean, it was tough to you know tell anything, and you know, like we were mentioned a couple of times, uh, number twenty-two out there continues to look like the old number twenty-two. He does. I go back real quick with the with the quarterbacks, and I do think Jacob Sherman had, at least to me, he had the throw of the day, which was the, the pass downfield to Trey Lowe uh, for a touchdown. And then uh, he also threw one to, to Chico McClatcher, which I thought was uh, one that maybe he gets away with, but he threw it in the right, in the right place where only Chico could get it. Mm-hmm. And then he took off for six. So, um, again, I thought, I thought Jacob Sherman had a couple really, really nice throws today. Again, we talked about the wind. You know, it was nice out today, uh, and that's going to impact throwing as well. No, no question about it. We had some guests there today. Uh, Steve Pallor with his son Zeke Pallor, who will be walking on. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I had a chance to see him. Uh, Hugh Millen, of course. Um, Tani Tupo. I saw Tani out there uh, again today, but uh, a, a recruit who's on an unofficial visit and uh, signee who's up here also, Scott. Yeah, Asa Turner was here, uh, the Carlsbad safety uh, prospect who Washington um, had to really work hard to get to sign with them. There were some discrepancies on his height when he was being recruited. Some were saying he's 6'4", and then we saw some stuff that said he was 6'2". He ain't 6'2". Oh, he, no, he's closer to 6'4". I would... Honestly, I thought even six five. I he's, thought he was a lick short. Yeah, he's, he's long. He isn't big from a like when Travis Feeney showed up. We all thought that he had that frame to become a linebacker. I don't think that Asa Turner has that kind of a frame. I think Asa Turner will end up end up playing safety at the University of Washington. And then the guy on the visit, the 20, uh, 20 kid on a visit, is a guy by the name of Ben Urasek. He is a kid from Bakersfield Christian. He's about 6'4", 6'5", 220 pounds. Um, actually, I, I don't know if he was born here, but he grew up here. He, he lived quite a bit of his life, first 10, 
15 years of his life up here and then transferred down to, I think his parents got a job down in Bakersfield or something. And that's where he lives now. Yeah. Um, and he was up. Who was taller? Asa Turner or Yurasek? Um, Yurasek, I think, was taller, but it wasn't by much. Yeah. I mean, they're built similarly. It's just yeah. that uh, Turner looks <clears throat> more like a safety, and Yurasek yeah. looks like he's probably going to put on some 25, 30 pounds. Yeah, he'll probably be a, he'll, he'll be a um, uh, tight end at the next level. Yeah, he's the second. I mean, on their wish list, if they could get that guy, they'd be thrilled they'd and be, be done, done with tight ends. Yep. And he'd be that second tight end. And then, um, you know, when you take a look at Redmond and uh, Eurosec, uh, I don't know if this is catching you off guard, but the difference between the two? Well, Redmond is, already has a college-ready body, if you look at him. He's 6'6", a legit 6'6", real long arms, 250 pounds, and already plays a more traditional tight end role. He'll play on the end of the line. He'll flex out. He'll be... Um, He'll be kind of offset off the line, you know, as a wing kind of um, in, the, in their offense. They run him in a lot of different ways. He's a, he's a good blocker. I wouldn't say he's an elite blocker. Some people I've seen say that, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see an elite blocker. But part of that's because of his technique. I think his te- if his technique improves, he could be an elite blocker at the, at the next level. Urasek is more of a big wide receiver right now. Um, and that's the role he kind of plays at Bakersfield Christian. And um, I think he's a guy who could grow into becoming a more typical tight end um, in Washington's so scheme. Like Kate Otten, Ka- uh, yeah, J- Jacob Kaiser, those kind of guys. Um, so is he kind of like a Johnny Wilson right now? Well, he's 6'5", 220, and Johnny Wilson's about 6'6", 220. Yeah. So. Johnny Wilson, man, I, that guy is just a freak of nature, man. He's, you just don't see guys that big be able to run like that. So, um, yeah, so I, I think Redmond is, Redman is more of that all-around guy who can just kind of do everything, whereas Eurosec, I think, is probably fits more in the Hunter Bryant category where he's going to be flexed out and used more as a, a receiver. Uh, final thoughts, Scott? A uh, good day. Um, even with the weather, um, I, I I like seeing the the defense kind of dominate because I would expect them to. I think there's more talent on that side of the ball right now, uh, and the younger talent is really coming along. The offense, I think, is is going to improve. Just can continue to improve and work on things. By the way, we didn't mention Corey Luciano took a lot of the snaps with the second unit today. He's going to he's making an uh, a play for that second center spot, I think, and to be Nick Harris's primary backup. And then you could be looking at a two-year starter there at that position if he's able to take that over. So Cole Norgard also got some snacks with the seconds, but he was more with the third group, I think, uh, today. Anyway, that being said, good day for the defense. Offense just continues to do their work and things like that. They make some plays here or there, but uh, they are definitely behind the defense. Just one more thing. You know, we had uh, Eurosec in today. Uh, anything coming up? Practice on Friday, which is open to us. Any other uh, visitors expected this weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I saw that Will Latu, the safety linebacker prospect from – uh, Bethel, uh, 2021 guy, is um, supposed to visit. He's a really good, talented player. Um, Washington hasn't offered, and I think they're a ways away from offering. We'll have to see. I I don't know. I don't know all the inner workings of it all, but uh, this is a guy who is borderline grades and needs to do some work in the in the uh, academics, and there's just some other things that, that – uh, are, are a concern with him. So, um, but he's supposed to be up this weekend. And uh, Sawyer Racanelli, the uh, wide receiver linebacker prospect from Hawkinson, 
uh, is supposed to be on campus on the 13th as Did well. Did I see correctly? He got an offer from Michigan? Yeah, just got offered by Michigan. That's a big offer for him. Uh, it's big from the standpoint that Michigan offered him. It's not big from the standpoint of him. Cons- I don't see him going to Michigan. Uh, Chris- He's going to stay in the Pac-12 somewhere. Chris Fetters, final thoughts from today? Yeah, again, just echoing Scott's thoughts. I uh, think the defense really won the day. Uh, I think the win played a little bit into that for the for the quarterbacks. But, again, I think um, Jake Hainer continues to show that I think he's he's the number one guy right now. If they had to put the seating chart out there, I think they'd put him number one. Um, he seems to be getting the, the quality reps. And, again, I thought Jacob Sermon had a, a few real nice throws today. But I think with all the quarterbacks right now, consistency is a factor. Um, the defensive line, I think was this was the first day since, you know, we're, we're now a full week into spring ball, and I think this is the first day where they really, really showed up and, and really made an impact. Levi had a good day too, yeah. Yeah, and they made really made an impact, so I thought that was a noticeable. And then again, we talked to a bunch of the defensive backs and talked to Jimmy Lake and, and whatnot after practice and, um, you know, continue to be really, really impressed with them. He continues to talk about the fact that they are relatively experienced, but they just don't have a lot of game starts. And so, you know, that's going to be a situation where, you know, you got the guys like Keith Taylor and Elijah Molden who have played two years. They're pretty, they're pretty seasoned, but they just don't necessarily have the, the actual starts to back up what's going on. So he, he continues, I think, to kind of fight the perception that they're not as experienced as maybe um, people would like them to be. Uh, but they are deep, very, very talented, and I think they showed, off, showed it off today. Uh, Windy day out here. It was cold. Um, you know, we got to talk to some of the guys, and I thought Miles Bryant uh, was an interesting conversation. You know, I asked him about uh, you know possibility of him leaving because there was some actual mm-hmm. talk of him leaving to the NFL. So he addressed that uh, from last year. Um, Alex Cook. I thought it was kind of funny where he said, you know, he's behind, but you know, taking it from a wide receiver's mentality, he it's a lot easier for him to pick off the plays from the offense. <laughs> he knows what they're running, mm-hmm. so that kind of helps him a little bit. Um, you know, and practice coming along this is a good football team so uh you know of course the story of spring's ball is going to be tracking the quarterbacks and i really don't think we're going to get an answer on anything i think that's going to go into fall ball and we'll see what happens with that um we're almost to the midway point yeah uh, just a plug for Damon Heward, what Damon's doing uh, with his passing time wine. It's his release party this weekend, and if you're into the wine, go uh, online to passing time and uh, order a three-pack because the release party, you can pick up your wine there. The release party that they're doing this weekend is well worth the price of just the wine alone. That's an epic event for Damon Heward, and he's doing a great job he's, if you're a wine. Dan Marino will be there, right? Dan Marino will be there. Yeah, yeah Dan Marino will be I there. I don't care about seeing Damon. It's more Dan Marino. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big dude, man. He's a lot. He's, he's thinned a, down, but he's still big. He's, he's a big dude, man. Yeah. I mean, he's thick. Uh, looks like an Italian. He looks like he could work for Tony Soprano. But um, also, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates and breaking news alerts, make sure to just shoot us a note. HuskyStadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get those all out to you. And um, just one more thing, Chris. What are you working on? You've got some cool stuff coming up, too. In terms of? Uh, you got some Jen Cohen stuff coming up. You've got. Well, yeah. I mean, you did a conversation with Jen, talked about a lot of things, and we'll have at least a two-part series on that, maybe more. We'll see. I mean, you talked to her for a little while and definitely addressed a lot of things, budgetary stuff, uniform stuff, Adidas stuff, basketball facility stuff. So there was a lot of things going on. Oh, uniform change stuff. Freak the fan base out, right? Yeah, I think they're going red. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to change like the Sonics when they went with the burgundy. Yeah, They're going to add some burgundy to the uniforms. Yeah. So uh, practice again on Friday. Practice is um, 
closed on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, hey, f- newsletter. Yeah, I already did. Oh, you did. Okay, I, did. I don't usually pay attention. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. So uh, for all of us at, sure. at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenells along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Go dogs.